Welcome to the Soul Space Podcast. Thank you for listening. Hey everybody, welcome to the Soul Space Podcast. This is a special episode. We're kind of going off the grid on this one and um, I've, I've brought on several of um, my longtime good friends who, when I thought to myself, um, who do I know who's got a level head, who's going to keep a positive attitude and figure out how to get through this coronavirus pandemic, um, come out the other side better, I thought of you guys. So on the podcast right now, I've got uh, Jason Siffring from Surprise Highway out, out of Chicago. Jason, could you say hi? Hi. Hi, everybody. Awesome. Thanks for joining. Uh, Matt Weinberg of Happy Cog out of Manhattan. Hi, everybody. Uh, glad to be on this. Great. And Eva Pasalakwa from the Soul Space team. Uh, Eva's been at Soul Space just almost as long as I have. Eva, say hi, please. Hello. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is quite a coup. Eva has said no to being on my podcast for years, and I finally got you to say yes. Um, <laughs> because we've, we've been having all-hands meetings uh, every morning really early just to get the team to kind of look at each other and check in and um, just, just be human together and just kind of gather in the commons. Uh, and Eva, every time we show up and get on and do the video uh, Zoom chat, uh, you come on with a smile. You know, you've just got a really positive uh, outlook about this really difficult situation that uh, the, the world is going through really right now. Um, and that's the whole purpose of this podcast. Everybody on this uh, episode has been through this kind of crisis several times already. Uh, Soul Space is 20 years old. This is probably our third or fourth massive global crisis that we've needed to help, you know, our team, everybody else weather. So I was thinking about you guys and thinking about how many times we've all been through this kind of thing. Some of the audiences who who are out there listening to this, there's not that many, by the way, so don't feel stressed out or anything. Um, some of the people <laughs> listening to this are relatively new freelancers or relatively new agencies, like, you know, maybe just a few years old, maybe recently founded. And they haven't had to guide a business through um, an economic crisis and sort of a global, um, uh, you know, upside down sort of panic like this before. And I, I just wanted to get us into a position where we could reassure some of these people and talk about some of the things that you can do to keep your head up, um, to keep calm and carry on. Um, another part of the audience out there are clients who hire firms like ours, who are some of them are um, facing an existential crisis right now. There's a couple of our clients who this could be the end of their business, a really large business with many employees um, uh, and uh, you know a lot of revenue and a lot of clients, and it could all, all, all go down. So I thought we could all get on and talk a little bit about the different types of things that we can do to get our teams, get ourselves, and sort of get, um, get our industry in a position to help others uh, and have a positive effect. So that's that's kind of the impetus to do this. Um, usually it takes me a long time to record these and get them edited and posted. It doesn't really matter that much. I'm going to put this one up tomorrow. So um, whoever's listening to this, this was recorded the previous day. Um, okay, so so let's get started. First of all, <clears throat> um, we Matt, you were telling us that you're, um, you, you've been tested and we're going to get the results of that. We're hoping that you're going to come out fine. You're not feeling particularly well. Um, is your team all virtual and working remote? Is everybody up and running over there? Yeah, we've been virtual and remote for about two weeks at this point. Uh, so we, <coughs> excuse me, we had a situation where a couple weeks ago, when this was 
really kind of getting started and New York hadn't super closed yet, um, where two of our employees met with a client at the client's office in a, like a small conference room for an hour. That was a Friday. Then the employees came back to the office and kind of interacted with people. On Monday morning, that employee emailed us and said, uh, it turns out I have coronavirus, so you all sh- you don't need to get tested now because you were oh, in wow. this room with me. So we uh, that was about two weeks ago. We immediately closed our offices. We've been working from home uh, since then, and we were okay. we were already about half distributed. You know, of our we have about thirty five or so distributed people. So it's just been a change for the New Yorkers mostly. That's stressful. Um, Jason, how are things in your office in Chicago? Good. Um, well, <laughs> as good as I can be, I should say. Um, we've been in business for 13 years and have been 100% remote that whole time. So, you know, working from home isn't really the new part. I think the new part, obviously, is just dealing with everything else, right? Home life, I feel like, is the biggest change. With We have four little girls, and they're all home from school this week. And, uh, you know, restaurants are closed, and every event activity is canceled. So, sort of like navigating all of that, plus, you know, trying to help clients figure out what they should be doing. And they're all dealing with their own, you know, personal situations. And, um, you know, some some of them are laying off people. Some of them are working from home for the first time. So there's just like a lot of, I think, unknown that is kind of causing the most stress at the moment. Eva, we've been having uh, calls every morning as part of the Soul Space team, and every time you get on, you're you're talking to the team about how how beneficial it's been to live in the kind of community that you live in, which is an intentional housing community. Um, and you guys are doing a number of things together as a community to support each other and kind of um, come together as people to 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 deal with this. Maybe you could talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So I live in um, a co-housing community. Um, And what that basically means is there are about 30 or so households here. Um, Our youngest resident is eight weeks old. Our oldest resident is, I think, 82. Um, And we, um, you know, we all have our own homes and have our own spaces, but we've also decided that we want to live in community and be in each other's lives and share resources and um, know each other better. Um, So moving into... A, um, a crisis like this, we're really sort of well set up to weather it together. We know all of our neighbors, we have lots of strong ties, and we have strong things in place for dis- talking about th- difficult things and doing collective decision making. So we've been doing, um, it's been kind of uh, amazing how uh, not isolating this has been as a result, because um, you know, I usually work at home by myself all day, but now I get up in the morning and I go on Zoom and one of my neighbors is leaving, leading a uh, group me- group meditation. And then after that, uh, people go outside and hang out, you know, six feet apart from each other in our circle in the middle and drink coffee and chat together. And that's how I'm starting my work days now. Um, so it's been, yeah, really nice to feel feel connected like that to, um, to so many people and not feel isolated in the midst of this. Um, and so that's been a, a real strength that I've been able to sort of bring back to other communities that I'm a part of and say, you know, um, we have, you know, yes, we need to be, I'm, I'm, we need to be physically distant from each other, but this is a chance for social, for stronger social connection and stronger solidarity. Yeah, exactly. Um, I've been repeating a mantra to myself, uh, and this is something that I learned from, from our, our clients over at IDEO. Um, the, the VP of marketing over there was told me one time, 
never squander a crisis is something she likes to say. And that's what we're having right now. And one of the things you don't want to pass up is the opportunity to connect with people who are right next to you, live right near you or uh, in your neighborhood or who are part of your uh, work network or your social network. Um, reach out and find ways to help out and, and support. So we have so many opportunities right now. And that's really what, what we should focus on. Uh, I think, um, so tw- Soul Space is 20 years old. The first you know massive sort of global crisis that we experienced was 9-11. Um, and that had a ripple effect all over the place. And I remember, um, I remember feeling kind of uh, alone and isolated. But once I started to reach out and connect with other people, all that disappeared. And, and I saw how much opportunity there was wrapped in this kind of a crisis. Um, and one of the things to talk about is, um, you know, we're all under... Um, social distancing rules right now. Uh, it goes by a different terminology depending on where you live, but basically the rule is uh, you can't get anything but take out from a restaurant. Um, you can go to the grocery store, but be careful. Uh, the other businesses that you might have normally frequented, you, you can't go to those. So one of the things that we're thinking a lot about, Eva, you had some good ideas on this one, so I'm bringing it up. Um, one of the things I'm thinking about is these local businesses that we kind of take for granted. Uh, you know, the burrito place down the, down the street or um, you know, the massage therapist that you go to from time to time when you have to deal with some stress or whatever. All these people don't necessarily have the advantage that we have as web developers. Our work is already online and, and distributed and virtual. It's always been that way. Um, but some of these people don't have that. So we're trying to think of some ways to reach out to people in our community um, to try to help. So I want to hear some thoughts on that. Um. Yes, I, I mean I can I can talk about that a bit. So we have a we have a whole bunch of restaurant clients because you mentioned a couple of different communities, but restaurants are a big one. And some of our restaurant clients are in pretty big trouble right now. Um, they, for obvious reasons, you know, people aren't there. Uh, the kind of things you buy that keep them afloat, people just aren't buying right now. And a lot of restaurants have had to lay off like hundreds or thousands of people. So a lot of those are like pivoting to more of a delivery pickup business. And that's been successful for some, but I, I think for some restaurants, it's kind of hard to navigate. You know, it's not, you can't just make your food the same way and kind of just put it into go bags. I mean, you need to be careful about, you know, how you package things up so they can be transported safely. You have to organize the orders. Um, restaurants can be very used to how to flow traffic and, and flow reservations, make sure they're not overwhelmed. And, and it's not so easy to kind of do that when you're just starting a delivery business either. So I would say, first of all, ordering in, ordering delivery, ordering pickup, these kinds of things are probably really important. A lot of these restaurants have turned their um, waiters into like delivery people now, just to kind of keep them afloat a bit, which I think is helpful. Don't be a, uh, don't be afraid to tip, you know, don't tip two bucks, like tip for real tip, like you'd tip at the restaurant, you know, because in some cases, in some cases, it's really all the people are making, uh, the restaurant itself is not actually making a lot of money and like that. Uh, my wife and I have bought a bunch of gift cards for restaurants that we go to a lot that we know are owned by, you know, smaller groups and who probably can't afford this and, and that's fine. Um, you know, it's hard. It's very difficult, but I, I think that the idea of like buying gift cards, if you have a stand, if you have a normal order you do you do with some 
place around you, some breakfast place that you always go every week, and try to still spend that same amount of money with them. Uh, that's really helpful also, even if you can't actually go in there. Yeah, exactly. Um, Jason, how about you guys? Is there is there anything you guys have come up with to try to help some of these local businesses that are so vulnerable right now? I mean, I think some of it is just reminding myself like that we have some skills that aren't super common, even though we kind of take it for granted because we've been doing it for a while. Um, you know, we have, I have a good friend who runs a restaurant and, you know, his website is super slow and um, hasn't really been a key part of their business because they're an established business, you know, like a sit-down restaurant. And, you know, I knew he was trying to get some online ordering set up and, you know, update the messaging and that kind of thing. And, you know, for us, that's a quick thing, you know, that we do every day. Um, even like, you know, setting up a Shopify store for somebody who's never sold anything online, um, you know, helping them walk through that. Um, we've ordered from some restaurants lately that we normally wouldn't. Like there's a, actually a really good Michelin star restaurant down the street that's more of like a date night kind of place. They have an email list that I'm on, and they sent out a nice email that said, hey, we're going to do these special, you know, family-style meals to go. And, you know, it was priced right and, and all that, and the food's awesome. So, you know, we ordered that last night. So, you know, for some restaurants and, you know, not just restaurants but other businesses, maybe they haven't had to think about their marketing that much. But, you know, if you happen to have a connection to them or really want to help them, you know, just reaching out to them and saying, hey, can we help you, you know, uh, I think would be pretty welcome for most people. Eva, you had some thoughts about this too. We were talking about um, you found a, a, a tip jar tool that would be a really easy addition to a lot of websites. Yeah, so I've, I've been thinking about this and I um, I live in a, a small, a small, small city. Um, and so the sort of degree of sophistication of um, businesses here is probably a little lower than it would be in you know New York or the Bay Area or Chicago. Um, and I know I've been thinking a lot about the, the fact that like this, this moment, like people who work in tech in general, but web particular web developers in particular, like this is this is our chance. Like we're uniquely positioned to help so many people with the kind of you know really small things like you were talking about, um, whether it's getting folks set up so they can accept you know buy, sell gift cards on their site, or helping artists and musicians. Like a lot of people are doing. Um, storytelling online or art classes or music classes or giving you know house concerts over zoom and helping people get set up to just have a tip jar um i think people uh, and i found just really there's a bunch of different things out there like add this has a little tip jar app that's really easy to just plug in for people um and it's you know there's so many um people who really want to be generous to the businesses and the people out there that they know are struggling and we can help create the avenues that allow that generosity to happen i think pretty easily it's a good way to think about it. i mean the the people in, a, in my local community all have that impulse they want to go and help but it needs to be convenient and that's where we come in uh it needs to be convenient to find the local businesses um you know, we last night after dinner, we took the dogs for a walk around our little town and we walked through the main strip where, uh, uh, you know, like four or five little stores are located. We hardly ever shop in these in the first place, but um, all of them had signs in their door about how they were closed and where where you could find them. And they were posting URLs for websites that were under construction. Um, I mean, that's crazy. I, I live in their town and I have the time to help. Um, we need to find some ways to reach out. I used to be pretty snobby about tools like Shopify or Squarespace or whatever. We, we like really mm -hmm. 
really high quality tools when we do web development work. But I, um, they're looking pretty good right now because how quickly we could get some of these people set up and uh, you know virtualized so that they can do business online. So that's one of the things we can do. It's just a matter of outreach and finding out uh, who's out there who needs it and how we can reach them and help them out. Yeah. One, one other thing I just wanted to add is <clears throat> it's not just restaurants that are doing this. You talked about a lot of small businesses. Very good example is, <clears throat> excuse me, very good example is like our local pharmacy. So we've always bought uh, prescriptions from our local pharmacy instead of like a CVS or a kind of bigger place because we, we like it better. They know us and they're delivering also. Um, yeah, they're delivering prescriptions. You know, you still need your prescriptions. And my wife and I went on Facebook and kind of just said, "Hey, everyone, remember this pharmacy exists. They're delivering. You know, maybe good. Maybe this is even a good time for them to steal a lot of that CVS pharmacy business. Yeah, you know? why not? See, exactly. Yeah, exactly. that's a good idea. There's other businesses that are really vulnerable that can't go online. There's nothing they can do other than sell gift cards or accept like a, an online virtual tip jar. I mean, I'm I'm thinking about different types of service providers, personal trainers, massage therapists, acupuncturists, that kind of thing. Um, they can't just switch over to online. There's I don't I don't know what what to what more to do for them than to create it a little pipeline so that the community can try to prop them up with donations here and there. But that's another thing to consider. <laughs> yeah, that's a huge issue. You can also look f- you can also look for like who is hiring, who needs help. Um, you know, maybe somebody that's in a restaurant job needs to pivot and and do something else just in the short term. Like our grocery stores are going crazy and hiring left and right. Um, so kind of keeping your eyes open for things like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm interested in kind of going back in history a little bit and hearing um, hearing a little bit about what what it was like. I mean, let's just look at the 2008 financial crisis. Um, that hit, I know that hit my business really hard. Um, and I'm interested to try to kind of bring some of that wisdom back into play here for some people listening to this who are relatively new uh, running their, their business as a web developer, web designer. Um, what sorts of things did you guys do to keep the business um, flowing when we hit that really deep recession? Uh, Matt, maybe you could take that and say a little bit about what you guys might have done at that point. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it was a long time ago, right? You even for, for I think forget some of that stuff. But at the time, I do remember thinking that the world was ending and nothing would ever recover. You yeah. know, and then, that's right. And then we had it, and it ended, and it had ten like really good years, and now we have this. And so, that is to say, I I try I'm trying to be a little more optimistic and positive this time, and not not go into some kind of um, very uh, negative type state around it. It'll pass, it'll end, we'll go get to go to restaurants again. Uh, I think a big thing is conserving cash. So I actually think conserving cash is a big important thing always regardless, but it's especially so now. Uh, we're already hearing from clients that you know they're having trouble and they're gonna have to pay us slowly. And that's just gonna be a knock-on effect, right? Because their vendors are also gonna pay them slowly so we're, we're expecting that our, our clients are going to pay us a lot more slowly than usual. Uh, if, you know, there might even be some bills that don't get paid, but hopefully that's not the case. So trying to conserve cash, you know, we, uh, we just took a quick look at our expenses, um, not, not on the people side, but just on anything else. Like, are there other little nonsense things that we pay for every month that we don't really need? 
like where can we be smart about things that we have just signed up for. So that's a big important thing. Uh, we also want to be really careful about like contractors. So sometimes when we are super booked and super crazy, you know, we'll hire contractors to help us fill out the team and need a little bit. Unfortunately, at this point, um, we have to make sure that our full-time team is taken care of, or like the team that we've been with the longest is taken care of first, right? And so um, probably not looking to make new relationships with new people right now, but even the contractors or the full-time employees that we've been with forever, we want to continue supporting those because again, this is all going to end and those clients are still going to be there and you're still going to want projects and we don't want to completely destroy our team that we've relied on uh, you know, because of a short-term decision. So that's one thing. Um, you know, we also reached out to our clients and we were very proactive and we said, here's the situation. You, I mean, you all know the situation. Here's how we are. We were already half remote. We're now fully remote. Uh, we are. We have a VPN. We're secure. We have access to everything. We don't expect any change in the services we're providing you, but let us know if you have any questions. So that's a big one too. And then we've kind of um, we've kind of slowed down a bit on being super proactive about reaching out to some of our our new prospects. I guess it's a balance. On the one hand, we want to make sure we still have, uh, you know money coming in, hopefully new projects signing, but we don't want to be um, disrespectful during this time. Like we don't want to, we know that this is, you know, new projects are probably the last things on these people's minds. So we're trying to be a little careful and respectful in that sense as well. Yeah. Jason, what, what about you? Like what lessons can you bring forward from, from the great recession into now? Because it's, it's pretty, it's going to be pretty similar. Yeah. And I mean, Matt covered a lot of the same things I was thinking, but, you know, I do think back to, you know, the first dot-com crash. I survived through that, you know, mul multiple rounds of layoffs with startups, 9-11, um, 2008. Uh, I feel like the last election in 2016, things were pretty slow yeah. there. Um, not that it was a crisis, but just the economy kind of slowed down until that was yep. over. So I think that's a good just reminder that these things happen. And, you know, it is uncharted territory right now, and it feels all the unknowns really make it, you know, make it a little more stressful, but you know, it will pass. So I think it's good to start from there. And I kind of like how you started the show, which was, you know, coming from the mindset of not being a victim, but what can we do? What, you know, what proactive things can we do? And, um, how can we get in the mindset of, you know, not just surviving this, but maybe even coming out stronger. Yeah. Um, and not to be crass about it, but you know, with company, you know, when the economy slow down, I feel like it's almost better for freelancers and, you know, third-party providers like ourselves where maybe people aren't hiring as much in-house, taking as much of this work in-house. So in the next year or so, you know, it could actually be good for businesses like ours. Um, but, you know, as you were saying, Matt, we need to be a little careful not to sound tone deaf when we're trying to get that message out. Um, yeah. Um, just on the... Yeah, I'm thinking ahead. in those terms and I'm thinking about how this, this question of tone deaf, uh, of trying to approach clients in, in an appropriate way that, that doesn't, um, doesn't lose sight of the fact that they're under a lot of stress and pressure and they're, they're really freaking out. But we've been through this so many times and like you guys, Jason, Matt, that you've both said, it passes, you get through it. Having the mindset of abundance instead of scarcity is really the key right now. Remembering that waking up doing some meditation, doing some yoga, going for a walk, taking care of your own health, get your mind straight so that you can have the right kind of attitude to face this is key. 
we can pass that on to our clients. There's a couple of clients uh, of Soul Space who've been clients for many years. And like I was saying, they're facing um, an existential crisis. But um, with some help from us and some other vendors who, you know, we can extend their payment terms, um, you know, uh, delay their invoices for six months or so, assuming that I can go and get some bank loans or some federal uh, backstopping. Um, this is actually an opportunity for them to build and get ready to outcompete when we come out of the recession, helping them know that this is a time to have an abundance mindset, to think positively and see all the opportunity. It's just a matter of getting the numbers to work. I mean, get your mortgage paid, get the groceries, you know, get your car payment handled, uh, pay your team, but keep it nice and lean and mean so that you can pass some of that on to others, uh, to your clients to help them out in a difficult time. Um, so, Eva, I haven't heard from you on this, but you, you and I have weathered a lot of this stuff together. I mean, we've seen a lot of these crises. You just kind of held hands through the, through, the, through, the, through the storms, you know. I wonder if you have anything to add. Yeah, I can't. I mean, I'm thinking it's funny because I've been thinking about um, the different kinds of not just in terms of, you know, our professional lives, but in terms of our lives in general, the different perspectives that um, you bring to a situation like this, just based on what you've been through in your life before, which is sometimes just a matter of, you know, how long you've been on this planet. Um, and I've been thinking a lot of the, there are so many, you know, freelance web devs out there um, who are, you know, working out of, you know, doing things for local businesses and, um, you know, trying to figure out how to, how to get by when all of a sudden the whole base, you know, they're, they're working from home and they have no benefits and they have no structure around them. They're not with an agency. And how, how are they, you know, how yeah. are they going to get through this? And that's why I was thinking like one of the things I was thinking about in terms of the work we can do with local businesses is that that's also a way to transfer some work to smaller web developers. Um, we want our industry to keep growing and we want young people who want to be doing this kind of work to keep getting into it. And there's so much, um, there's so much that can be done right now. So, um, and like what I, what I remember from, you know, particularly from the dot-com crash, but from all, every time there's been, um, a crisis like that, there's been like a, a thinning of the herd <laughs> in terms of, in terms of web development yeah. where the huge, mm -hmm. huge, the people who have lost out have been, you know, the huge agencies with enormous overhead, um, who couldn't afford to, you know, keep their, you know, enormous Soho office with the pool table and the, you know, fridge always full of beer. Um, and also the people who are, you know, working out of their living room and doing local business and doing smaller jobs, the stuff in the middle tends to stay strong. Um, but there's in each of these situations, you know, we have companies that have weathered these, but a lot of, a lot of companies haven't, and a lot of individuals haven't, they've moved on to different careers. Yeah. And some of that's going to happen. Um, some of that can't be helped. Uh, but there, you know, one of the things that I'm seeing happening right now, it feels like, um, we've just generally gotten better about knowing what the first thing to do is in a crisis like this, and that is get together and start having conversations, uh, start developing community. And then you, you're, it, it's easier to, to develop a positive attitude that way and keep your head up and realize that this is just the human condition. Um, it's not normal for us to just cruise along on a regular routine. What's normal for human beings is to deal with a new problem or crisis pretty much every day. That's, that's just how it is. And it, it's actually, if you get the right kind of attitude toward it, um, 
you just emerge with a bunch of great stories. Uh, there, I mean, you, th there's so much to be gained right now if you can just try to keep your, keep your attitude right. Well, one of the things I wanted to ask was um, the, one of the questions we can start to dive into is um, this is a time to borrow some money. This is a time to go out and go get some of that low interest uh, money that's floating around right now. And the whole point of at least the, the federal government is to start injecting some funds into the economy. Um, this is exactly what local banks and credit unions and savings and loans are for. Their job is to help build community mm -hmm. and, and help local communities thrive. We're in a position to go out and get some of those funds, borrow those on good terms, pass some of that some of that capital on to local businesses and help them get online, help them develop their web presence, make it um, financially viable for them to do that, knowing that they don't really have liquid cash right now. So that's one of the things I want to I want to try to do. Um, Matt, this is something you and I talk about on a regular basis, this relationship we have with, with banks and stuff. Um, so we have a credit line, which, uh, you know, just in case, I think all companies should have a credit line just in case because you never know. Um, we have not looked at touching it yet. Uh, thankfully, we aren't in that place yet. We don't we don't need it yet. But I also did see that the government is talking about different loan programs as well. And so I might, you know, at this kind of situation, if we had to take one out, I feel like I might be more apt to take a government one because it seems like they're going to have more friendly terms right now as part of the, you know, reinvestment uh, decisions that they're making. You know, we definitely want to give back to the community. I'd say our our number one priority is, you know, keeping our people, you know, employed if it came to that. So I, I think for us, that would have to be number one before we could help anybody else. We need to make sure that we are in a good spot. Um, but after that, you know, I've already been talking to some friends of mine who are doctors and have this whole idea around, um, you know, helping people connect to each other that either have supplies to donate or, or need supplies donated, things like that. So I think volunteering our time as web development experts and web experts might be more helpful even than donating money, right? And um, because, because there's a lot of key skills that we have, and this is kind of what you're getting to before around just like what we might consider really basic marketing, really basic online strategy, really basic uh, website advice if you're, if you're trying to figure out how to communicate what you're delivering or what you're not delivering. And so I feel like that kind of input to local business people might be more helpful than money, but I might, you know. I, I did a little research on the, the federal loan programs that they just approved this week, I think. Um, and there's a website, disasterloan.sba.gov. That's the Small Business Administration. And there's already an online application. It, you know, I kind of glanced at it and it looks like it's, you know, doable in an hour or so of just filling out some basic information to get sort of into that program. And in, I don't know exactly what they're, the amounts they're loaning out, but it said it was three and a half percent. So it feels like if anyone feels like they need a little bit more cushion, that would be a good place to start, um, as well as talking to your local banker and credit union, that sort of thing. Um, with all the all the money that the Fed just put into the, the system, I think the idea is that that should be loaned out. So um, it's better to have all this before you need it, and now people need it. Yeah. So, but you know, no time like the present. No time like the present. There's another resource. Uh, Facebook is um, offering up some business grants, uh, and this is global. It's not just the United States. I'll put the link in the, in the show notes on this one. But um, they, you can apply. It's a very new program, I and mean, they're spinning it up this week. But um, I forget how how much it. I think it's 200 million or something. They're going to disperse to to businesses, and it's not a loan. It's grant money. 
So there'll be a lot of resources out there. Again, this is the whole abundance versus scarcity mindset. Um, remember that there's there are abundant resources and opportunities to get through this. Keep that in mind and start looking. Just go out and look and have that positive attitude. My tendency, Eva can speak to this, is to mope uh, and get depressed and start freaking out and circling the drain. Um, but that's the opposite thing to do. So whatever you can do to stay out of that mindset is, is really going to be key. Um, Jason, over at Surprise Highway, how many people are on the team over there? Uh, we have six employees and a few contractors that are helping out. And Matt, what about you guys? So we have about 65 employees, full-time employees. Mm -hmm. What about contractors? Um, yeah, so we probably have we probably have three contractors or four contractors full-time and then a couple contractors doing like, not, I shouldn't say full-time. Like we have right now maybe three or four or five contractors doing about 35, 40 hours a week of work for us, but it's on limited projects. You know, those projects are slated to end over the next couple of weeks anyway. And then a couple other yeah. contractors here and there for smaller projects as well. Yeah. So over 70 um, people, I guess, in total. What kind of contraction are you seeing over there, Matt? Like, uh, how how many clients are letting you know that they need to pull back? Like, um, what's the reality on the ground over there? So, we have we have a bunch of clients in the manufacturing uh, industry. You know, manufacturing all kinds of different things. A couple of them have just had to close their factories for you know, like for reason you know the same reasons where you can't kind of be assembled with a lot of people. So. Anyone who's closing their factory, their revenue stream is cut off, so they're putting their projects on hold. <clears throat> we have a couple of clients who have distribution centers or factories didn't necessarily have to close to keep everybody um, to keep everybody away from each other. Maybe they were already kind of far apart, but their customers are you know in the physical retail space, and so if your customers are retail right now, then you as a distributor are getting. Um, in a really bad place too. So a lot of those clients have canceled or I should say paused their work. And then a couple restaurant clients of ours had to pull back on work, although a couple restaurant clients of ours actually enhanced their work and increased their work because they want us to help them move a lot more quickly into delivery and pickup and uh, with their apps. Yeah. But then the other big one for us is we have a couple clients that are basically funded startups. You know, they had they had plenty of money and liquidity. They were backed by investors. Uh, maybe they were getting close to closing a funding round or something uh, because of the economic situation right now, a lot of investors are pulling back. And so we're seeing our some of our clients that are funded startups pull back as well. Uh, I mean, the good news is that it certainly has not been a majority of our clients. Oh, and then we had one, we had one kind of big client that's involved in the tourism industry in New York. And so that is obviously just completely on pause right now. Um, you know, we're lucky. It hasn't been the majority of our clients. We still have plenty of work for all of our people to do. Uh, but, and, and all of these clients seem to be phrasing it as a pause, not a cancellation. You know, they all seem to just be yeah. uh, trying to figure out what the world is going to be like. So we'll keep yeah. in mind. I, I definitely expect some more over the next couple of days, uh, but hopefully it's not doesn't get too crazy. Yeah, I think it's a little early, um, a little early to know on our side. I'm not seeing it. A number of clients are just busy trying to get their family situation squared away. You know, they got kids who are all of a sudden homeschoolers, and that, that's swallowing up all of their time. Um, 
but Jason, over uh, on your side, how, how are clients handling this? Are they pulling back? Are they, is it wait and see, or is it full steam ahead? What's happening over there? So far, knock on wood, we haven't seen any major changes. Um, I think it's more noticeable in like the sales pipeline. We're just, you know, all that is kind of slowing down now. People are being more cautious, I think, about starting new things. Um, we have, I should have mentioned, we have a, a pretty good roster of retainer clients where we like support their site and help them with kind of ongoing improvements and updates. And that business, you know, is still chugging along. I think, you know, people still need to do things like they still need to market their business. And, you know, maybe instead of a physical trade show, now they're trying to do an online webinar or something like that. Um, so that, that all has been pretty good. And, and just from a business standpoint, we just hit a, a milestone where our retainers cover our salaries. Cool. And so that's been a huge, you know, weight off my shoulders for, you know, um, just as far as keeping some, you know, regular rhythm to our income stream and then projects obviously go up and down all the time, but not being a hundred percent, um, reliant on the new project coming in has been helpful for our business. Yeah. That's a, that's a big relief. Um, Eva and I were just talking the other day about how grateful we're feeling that almost all of our business is the, the retainer type. You know, it's, it's all so heavily relationship. We've been in client vendor relationships with a lot of these people for so many years. We still have the occasional project, you know, like a new build or something like that, but so few of that, so, so little of that now. And right now I'm really, really grateful for that because we're seeing the same pattern. They still have to maintain these properties, and they're going to lean even more heavily on their web properties right now. Um, and they're they're looking to uh, the relationships that they do have, that there's trust and um, you know faith built up over time. So I'm really glad that we did that. Anybody listening to this who's project oriented, who likes the next big shiny challenge, think really heavily about how beneficial it can be to have long term client relationships. They're a, a source of pleasure and stability. Um, and, and a really strong sense of gratification just as a professional to have that set up. So that's been a good good thing there. We can probably wrap up. I think um, we accomplished what I hoped we would, which was to get on and have some people who've been through this type of thing before comment about how it just passes. You just get through it. And in some cases, there's a lot of opportunity to uh, come out better, uh, just come out with better relationships, uh, with better community, um, stronger businesses, um, and try to try to help. Eva, you were saying the other morning that people don't necessarily think of web developers as uh, big contributors to their communities or um, or saints of any is, kind. This is our we this really is our moment to help yeah, right now. This is this yeah. is our moment to step up. And, and I, really I help. think about this a lot that we are, you know, the way um, we're facilitators and we're enablers. The work that we do, there are people out there doing amazing things. Um, and we are we build the tools that enable them to do the good work that they do. Um, and right now, there's so much that we can do um, to help out um, just by doing our work. You know. Yeah, yeah, just doing our job. Well, Eva, thanks for joining. Matt, thank you for joining. Jason as well, thanks for coming on. Um, for hope me. you guys just stay in touch and uh, keep a positive attitude and um, help everybody else keep their head up. Thanks so much. Thanks. Thank you, Mitchell. Thank you. Thanks. You've been listening to the Soul Space Podcast. 